This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Friday, June 5th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Late yesterday afternoon, County Executive Pittman announced that Anne Arundel County would now begin Stage 2 reopening in accordance with Governor Hogan's order of June 3rd. Nail salons, tattoo parlors, massage therapists will all be allowed to reopen, all beginning tonight at 5 p.m. Non-essential businesses that are not explicitly ordered to remain closed by the governor's orders are also allowed to open. Of course, all of them do need to have proper safety protocols. In a statement, Pittman said, We remain concerned that these reopenings could send a signal that this virus is no longer a threat to our residents. That is not the case. With new cases averaging 80 per day, the only way to make this work is strict adherence to face coverings, social distancing, and best practices. We ask our residents and our businesses to continue to do their part. If you are looking to open up your business, you want to go to Anne Arundel County Health Department's page. They do have a opening dashboard. That website is aahealth.org. The Anne Arundel County Public Schools are trying to figure out what they're going to be doing for the fall. They had a live-streamed online board meeting on Wednesday evening, and they came up with three different choices. Reopen the schools as normal for all students. Keep the buildings closed and continue with distance learning as we're doing right now. Or a combination of both. I'm not sure that any decision came out of that at all. Superintendent George Arlotto said that he wants to finalize the plan soon by the end of July or the first week of August. Soon to me is the end of the week, not two months away. If you finalize this at the end of July or August, that's going to be a problem. That decision, like the one to embrace distance learning, is a lot too late. It only gives a month for teachers to prepare for whatever they decide and parents and families who may need to acquire technology, change work schedules, arrange childcare, etc. That decision needs to be made almost immediately. And we're also trying to find out if the schools are going this alone or if they're engaged with the State Department of Education or, as we think they should be, engaged with the County Health Department. We do have a call in to Dr. Colin Araman, and we have not heard back from him yet, but we will update you on that as soon as we know. Yesterday afternoon, Annapolis Mayor Gavin Buckley and Annapolis Police Chief Edward Jackson held a press conference to announce the formation of a civilian review board for the police department. Now, the initial phase of the process is going to be gathering best practices and figure on how to actually form the board, and then it would begin the legislative process to formally establish it. If established, and I do believe it is well-intended and much overdue, but I have my doubts. If nothing else, the city council is obstructionist, and they just love kicking the can down the road. We really could have an election in between all of this. It could change it all up. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. You want to have a listen to that press conference? I have tacked it on to the very end of today's daily news brief. It's kind of interesting what Chief Jackson envisions it and how it will be comprised and everything else. In other police news, Anne Arundel County police were a little bit vague in yesterday's media call. And Chief Tim Altamar said that they have gotten intelligence for potential violence at some protests planned this weekend. He said they've gotten intelligence that is contrary to what the protesters have been putting forward as their sentiment. Again, he was very vague. He did not identify any specific protest or any specific location or town. However, Alex Mann from the Capitol did sniff out that it might be a Pasadena protest at Tickneck Park, which is scheduled to begin sometime Saturday afternoon. 
And in the last little bit of police news, Anne Arundel County Executive Stuart Pittman announced yesterday that he is now going to find funding to purchase body cameras for the county police officers in this year's budget. He announced that he is going to submit a supplemental budget, which is going to cost between $2.2 and $2.8 million a year for five years for a total cost of about $11 to $14 million. Initially, he had that included in the budget, and then it was pulled out when they realized that there was a $63 million deficit due to the coronavirus pandemic. But now he is going to find the money to do it. For the first fiscal year, he estimates it to be $1.8 million. That is long overdue for the county. Annapolis Police Department has had them for a while. And I've talked to several officers in Annapolis Police Department, and they actually like them. It does keep them safer, and it allows an awful lot of questions to be answered. And finally, as we wrap it up, Annapolis City spokesperson Mitchell Stevenson has an update on Wednesday night's citywide dine and shopping program that happened. This is Mitchell Stevenson, spokesperson for the city of Annapolis. The city played host to the first citywide dining and shopping under the stars event. Local business associations set up recovery zones in five areas of the city so that restaurants and retailers could expand into sidewalks, parking spaces, and streets. City staff and volunteers work the entrances to these zones, taking temperatures and providing masks to help maintain the public health. It was busy, but not crowded. The physical distancing between tables allowed for patrons to feel secure while enjoying a meal with family or a shopping experience in historic downtown. The city will continue to play host to these events at the request of business associations. Check the city website under Comeback Annapolis. Well, that is fantastic news, and I hope there are more of those to come. I hope there are many more of those to come because our local businesses need it, and you need to get out and support our local businesses as much as you possibly can. All right, that does wrap it up for today. Please make sure you're checking out ionanapolis.net throughout the day for updates on these stories and more throughout the day because we do update them throughout the day. Let your friends and family and colleagues know about us, how to subscribe to a podcast, how to download this one. And if you are someplace where you can leave a rating or a review, please do that as well because that's how we grow. Other than that, you need to hang tight. We've got George Young standing by with your local DMV weather forecast. All that in just one minute after this brief message from Solar Energy Services. Hello, Marylanders. This is Rick Peters from Solar Energy Services in Millersville, Maryland, wishing you good health and a rapid return to prosperity. Uncertainty is one of the hardest parts of our current situation. As we move towards our new normal, you may want to consider adding more certainty to your financial future by locking in the low cost of clean solar energy. The economics of solar are tremendous, and there's no better source than the trusted team at Solar Energy Services. Residential solar projects typically earn the homeowner 8 to 12% annually over the life of the system, with even better returns for commercial systems. If you have some downtime now, take advantage of our powerful remote design capabilities, allowing one of our experienced solar designers to provide a presentation, followed by a detailed, accurate proposal, all from a safe distance. Call us today at 410-923-6090 or visit us at solarsaves.net. Sunshine's a waste, but together we'll get through this. Sunshine, sunshine, nothing else can make me feel so fine. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Friday, June 5th. Yesterday brought more above average warmth to the Annapolis area with the expectation for today and tomorrow to be much of the same with highs again in the mid-80s to low 90s across all of Anne Arundel County, along with a chance of additional storms each day before a cold front moves through on Saturday, setting the stage for a stretch of very nice weather Sunday through Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, with plenty of sunshine and highs 78 to 85 degrees each day. 
So definitely make some plans to get out and about this weekend and enjoy the first weekend of meteorological summer across the area. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great weekend out there. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DCMDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Store. And also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and use our website at dmvweather.com so you can always stay weather informed. Whether it's a fire, a hurricane, or a virus, Annapolis comes together. We've done it time and time again because this is a town that gets it. A town that knows how to lift each other up when the world falls down. As we face this new challenge, I encourage our community to come together as we've always done. I'm Steve Samaras from Zachary's Jewelers. I pledge to lend a hand to support my family, my team, my neighbors, and the small businesses in our town. Together, let's do what we've always done. You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon. This is an Eye on Annapolis special update. This is John Pernay with Eye on Annapolis, and we are here waiting for a press conference from the city of Annapolis with Mayor Buckley, Chief Edward Jackson from the Annapolis City Police Department to announce the formation of a civilian review board for the Annapolis City Police Department. Let's get right into it. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, good afternoon, Annapolis. Over the last two weeks, we've watched America's response to the killing of George Floyd. People are rightfully angered over his murder at the hands of the Minneapolis police. Like many of you, I've watched these protests on my television on multiple occasions. I've attended and spoken at protests here in our city. Last night, former President Barack Obama addressed the nation and through his Obama Foundation, made a call for mayors to address police use of force policies by signing a pledge. I signed that pledge as a commitment to this community and the continuation of my journey as an elected official. We are here in Annapolis. We like to think we don't have the same problems that other cities have but that would be naive. Three years ago, I promised to be a mayor who would lead this city into a new era of inclusiveness, equity, diversity, and unity. Three years ago, I also promised to support a civilian review board to promote transparency, trust, and accountability in our police department. Before I began my campaign for mayor, the Caucus of African-American Leaders presented a series of recommendations concerning police reform to the city of Annapolis. On that list of recommendations was a call 
for body cameras for police officers. That has been fulfilled. Also on that list of recommendations was a call for an independent civilian review board. Today, we're moving in that direction with Police Chief Ed Jackson and Senior Advisor William Rao, I would like to announce our plans to create a civilian review board in the city of Annapolis. A civilian review board can give residents a place to file complaints and have them reviewed by a body of fellow residents. For both residents and the police, it can provide transparency, promote trust, and lead to accountability. And most importantly, it can improve understanding and trust between police and residents by providing a reliable and consistent forum for complaints, resolutions, and conversations. With that, I'd like to hand it over to Police Chief Jackson. Good afternoon. This this is uh, Ed Jackson, Chief of Police for the City of Annapolis. I think the mayor pretty much summed it up. Um, I like to say that uh, as a police chief, I realize that we can't do our job without the participation and involvement of the community. No successful police chief in America has been successful without the support of the community. What a civilian review board does it bridges that gap as the mayor just spoke of. And quite frankly, I want the men and women of the Annapolis Police Department to be assured that with this civilian review board, they'll be treated with fairness. They'll be treated with the same dignity that the police department uh, expects them to be treated. But what it does do, it adds credibility that we so sorely need with the community. <laughs> Uh, I found, it's been my experience, that when you have a strong civilian review board, not only do the community become advocates for better policing, they become advocates, really, for us and our ability to do our jobs. Uh, what it does do, I'll say lastly, is that just by virtue of being involved in the day-to-day -day, uh, operations of the police department, it demystifies what we do. Citizens get a better understanding of why we make the decisions that we make. And then together, we can collaborate on how to make things better. And then uh, I'll, 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 I'll close by saying, uh, in line with Sir Robert Peel, one of the most important points that Sir Robert Peel, who's considered the father, founding father of modern policing, he said as a part of his London, when he approached the London Met Metropolitan um, when you approach Parliament and ask them to enact the London Metropolitan Police Act of 1829, he said one important thing um, that stuck with me my entire 40-year career in law enforcement. He said, police are the community and community are the police. And police should be drawn from the community. And so if we're really serious about community policing, if the residents really want to be partners with their community, then I think a civilian review board is a great first step and bridging that gap between police and community. When we have us against them, then it's always a losing side. What we don't want in Annapolis is an adversarial system. When you have an adversarial system, then there's wins and losses. We want all wins. So I'm here to endorse uh, 
a community uh, review, the community review board process and a real independent community review board to work with us to make Annapolis a safe city for all who live here and for all those who want to visit our great city to shop and enjoy this very beautiful city. So Civilian Review Board will be a very important part of making the Annapolis Police Department the kind of police department that we all can be proud of. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Thanks for those thoughtful words. Um, it is uh, things that we discussed in the interview process. It was one of the number one questions that came up when you beat out 100 people to be our police chief, and we were lucky enough to get you. Uh, you have lectured on this very subject. You're a guest speaker on many occasions when it comes to community policing and civilian review boards. So thank you. Um, I'd like to hand over now to one of my trusted advisors, William Rao, who's been on the front line of guiding our decision um, on and getting to this point. So William Rao, can I hand it over to you? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, and uh, Police Chief Jackson, thank you. Um, so uh, the process will be, we will immediately begin developing a transparent and inclusive planning process that will be informed by community members and stakeholders, uh, faith leaders, consultants and advisors, and most importantly, impacted people uh, to help create the framework for a robust and effective civilian review board. Too often we learn that uh, police officers have been involved in uh, senseless uh, violence um, as a result of being involved in high intensity areas um, involving crime. What we also have learned about is obviously the killing of George Floyd and that they have had complaints of brutality or serious misconduct files um, against them before. We need to hold police officers accountable so that violent and sometimes racist officers are dealt with before they hurt anyone else. And also so that we are respectful for those professional officers and that they are awarded and rewarded for their reputation and that their jobs are not harmed by working with officers who give the profession a bad name. Um, I want to reiterate, along with some of uh, the mayor's and Chief Jackson's statements, that this is not in any way an indictment against the Annapolis Police Department, nor is it uh, languaging or structuring that runs counter to what we all want um, from our police department. Um, the ultimate goal is, is of course, um, a partnership between the community that's served by the police department and the officers who are in the line of duty. Um, but I also want to add that, uh, you know, good police in our city and elsewhere, uh, we encourage them to be able to speak out about bad police. And good police need to stop the abuse in the moment as it happens. And that's what occurred in the, joy, um, the George Floyd case. So uh, what does all this mean? Um, uh, what this means for us is that establishing a civilian review board is not, again, the solution. It is not the ultimate solution for improving community police trust and relations. But we all believe in this city, and right now in particular, our mayor believes that it is a, it is a step in the right direction. And, you know, he's charged with taking that step. And uh, so that is why we are here today. So to get more into the process so that we're really clear about a lot of the questions that will arise is how we arrive at this. Uh, first, we will identify a core group of citizens who are sufficiently concerned about this issue and who are willing to unite and work together over an extended period of time. 
Um, and in the matter of time, remembering that this process for a civilian review board is not a, an easy process. It is not a short process. But we do need concerned and involved citizens and stakeholders, including involvement from, um, importantly, our city council and other members who have a stake in this. Um, so this core group will seek, will seek out training, uh, support, and resources prior to establishing a planning or advisory committee. And this working committee will identify sources of technical assistance, um, such as NACOL, uh, the Department of Justice, local bar associations, and practitioners of civilian oversight in other jurisdictions. Um, in conversations that we've, we've had about the semantics of civilian review, remembering that when we say oversight, that has other meanings also. So as we unpack this, what we're working with is an opportunity to explore all of the different best practices. So also what we'll, be, uh, what we'll do is we'll begin framing a public discussion and inviting broad public input. input. We want to emphasize that the purpose of, in, of improving trust between police and community um, is for the purpose of ensuring public confidence in the agencies through accountability and transparency. Because there is trust there, we need to build upon that. Uh, police officials and union representatives will also be a part of the conversations from the start. It is a necessary part of that. It is also important to get input from them and make it clear to them that their suggestions and concerns are valuable. Our ultimate goal, again, remember, is to deliver the most professional, accountable, transparent, and effective police services possible to the communities that they serve. So to be clear, this is my final point, and this is for clarity for all of us. Step number one, create a working group that will study, identify best practices, and make informed recommendations about the details of a civilian review board to include scope, type, resources, membership, reach. All of those things have to be considered. Number two, using those recommendations that come from everyone, enabling legislation to be drafted. That legislation has to be drafted in accordance with uh, city law and also with, in accordance with all of our city council persons and other stakeholders. Number three, legislation will hopefully pass establishing a civilian review board. And number four, members will be elected or appointed to the board. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you, Chief Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. Liam, so we could um, uh, answer any questions if anyone has some questions from... Yeah, Brooks at the Capitol. Um, the, I guess the, this might be, uh, since you're only creating a committee uh, to, to basically start exploring this, it might be a little bit ahead of the game, but what will the board be reviewing? Uh, complaints against police? Anything else beyond that? Um, I'll, 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 we'll elaborate on that if you want. This is... Uh, uh, yes, I can elaborate on it. Um, Keeping in mind, um, uh, first of all, thank you for the question. It's an excellent question. Um, keeping in mind that any conversation or answers in relation to the actual construct and utility of the board would be premature. And I'm not saying that uh, in a way that, that kind of, uh, you know, defends not knowing. It is that, that the process in and of itself has to be informed by all of the moving parts. And I think it would be irresponsible for us to assume exactly what their utility would be at this time. So I, I guess if we, if we can back up to the committee, who will choose the committee members and, and um, how will that process look? I mean, you said that they're going to be concerned and interested citizens, but we'll, how will that process start and, and where will you be looking? 
So similar to the process that happens with boards and commissions, though they are different, um, the process that we use is we, we, uh, we cast a wide net initially. Um, and then internally what happens is uh, decisions are made when we review their qualifications and where they come from um, in terms of specific issues related to uh, police accountability. Um, and then uh, through that process, it will be reviewed by multiple people um, who, who will go through the process of determining um, if those criteria match those that are applying. We have a lot of citizens. I think we have a lot of expertise in this city, a lot of people that want to give of their knowledge. So we, we, we think we're going to be able to form a pretty solid um, board to review uh, the committee. And so we, we, we believe that process has worked for us well to date, and um, we're looking forward to moving um, it, it forward. Mr. Mayor, this is John Fernay with Annapolis. Um, what When you decided to form this <coughs> commissioner of the review board, what is your thought process? Obviously, it's going to change as it develops, but of the authority of this board at the end, are they able to uh, subpoena? Are they? Is it a punitive type of a thing, or are they just a recommendation? And if it is a recommendation, where does it go from a recommendation? So we are still forming it. So uh, my belief will be recommendations uh, that we move forward with. But it, it is another toolkit that we need. So transparency is at the root of everything. Um, and if we uh, if we can't um, if, if we can't get information uh, to the public, if, if people feel that they can hide things, um, we we can't be effective and we can't move the city forward. You know, our police officers have a tough, tough job. I'm not saying that they, they, it's probably the toughest job in America right now, but I think that they appreciate um, that fact that they can um, lay it all out there for all of us uh, to see and that we can sort of uh, make decisions and not make the mistakes that we've made in the in the past and, and in other municipalities. Okay. Um, and I guess, I guess for um, Will Rowell, what do you figure the time frame is to – I mean, under the best circumstances, what are you thinking that this could be? When could we see a civilian review board actually come into place, provided that the council approves it and everything else? Because we do have an election coming up. And I mean, that could, uh, as things happen to do in Annapolis, uh, throw everything up into a topsy turvy. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not I'm not an elected official. Um, so I, I actually um, actually work on <coughs> the kind of nuts and bolts of the construct and you know, hopefully ensure its fidelity. And, and and right now, the most important part, I think where we are right now, all of us, is ensuring that the actual original intent and purpose of it remains intact uh, so that it's not watered down and also that it's not something that's rushed through for politics or anything else. And I can assure you, I mean, I'm most confident that the mayor um, is not compelled to do this because of, of political reasons. I think the timing is right. Uh, to get some of these changes in. Um, it's nothing new. We've been working on it. Um, our police chief, who's on the, who's on, uh, uh, the call right now, is an example of, of some of those changes. So to answer your question about a timeline, um, we, we obviously don't want it to happen two years from now. We don't want it to happen a year from now. Um, and I, I, you know, I referenced the fact that I'm not a policymaker because I do want to defer to the expertise of our council persons and our mayor to be sure that the entire legislative process is, is sound and takes place. So I'm not sure. Um, my hope is it won't be six months from now. Um, 
but we'll, you know, it's a priority. So we'll push it as, as fast as we can. Okay. Can- and and I, made, I made a commitment to, to get this done. Um, and, and I don't make these decisions around politics. You know, they, they, they exist on their own. Um, whether they make me popular or not make me popular, I don't. I, I do what I believe is the right thing. This is the right thing to do and this is the right thing for this town. And it's especially, you know, the right thing for this country at this moment. So um, um, I will get it done as I committed. I, I, I've got a chip on my shoulder where people say that I don't do the things I say I'm going to do. I promise you we will get it done in this term. And if I can follow up with the chief, what is, in, in your experience with 40 years of law enforcement, what is the difference, I mean, between an internal affairs investigation versus a civilian review board? Does that typically go to internal affairs first or a civilian review board first? Or how does how does the process work? And knowing that it's not specific to Annapolis because we don't know what it is, but in general, how does it work and what's the difference between the two? Yes, uh, by law, um, one of the considerations that, that that will come up during this process by law, um, there's a law enforcement officer's bill of rights that's enacted by the legislature. Every uh, agency in the state of Maryland, um, uh, municipal police department is bound by the law enforcement officer's bill of rights, um, the vast majority of them anyway. And so to answer your question, um, it goes to internal affairs first. Uh, and once they have uh, investigated the case and and made a finding, either sustained, not sustained, or unfounded, uh, once they make the decision, then the case goes to civilian review. Now, civilian review can concur or they can disagree with the findings, and then the final arbiter would be the police chief. And uh, he or she, as it's generally done, I'm not saying that's how it's going to be done in Annapolis, but how it's generally done is the police chief is the final arbiter. Um, the decision made by the Civilian Review Board is not bound by the internal affairs uh, file. In fact, that's the whole purpose. It gives a second set of eyes, and, and the way we're going to do it, we're going to do it correctly in Annapolis. We're going to make sure that the whoever serves on the Civilian Review Board is trained in our policy, trained in the law, they're going to have an understanding of the law enforcement officer bill of rights um, and what that entails. And then they'll be able to make a decision based on, you know, uh, being armed with all that information. And then it gives us transparency as the mayor and Will Rao said that I can stand before the public and the mayor can stand before the public. Will Rao can stand before the public and say whatever decision was made, the, uh, the, the, uh, the citizens of Annapolis had a say so and they're the police department. And, and, and I think that's the most important part of uh, Civilian Review Board. It assures the citizens that we're not operating in a silo and that um, what we do um, will uh, uh, be revealed to them. I think one of the biggest part of American policing is that the reason why the public doesn't trust us and the public has problems with our decision making is because we're a mystery. And what I like to see happen in Annapolis is that what we do is demystified. You know, um, the only real knowledge that most people have is what they hear or media portrayals of police. And what the Civilian Review Board would do, it would would bring the the, the community inside to see why police do what they do, um, identify uh, mistakes or problems with things that they do. I'm hoping that when this uh, Civilian Review Board is formed, we'll have school teachers, we'll have government workers, we'll have lawyers, we'll have people from all walks of life, truck drivers. Um, we'll have people, you know, just everyday hardworking people who want to make sure that the police are accountable to provide good public safety and that they have a voice 
in the decisions that uh, uh, in many decisions that the police department makes. Thank you very much. Thank you. I have a question for uh, for both Mayor Buckley and uh, and Chief Jackson. Um, your counterparts at the county um, this after or actually this morning, uh, we, we sort of put the question to them about hey, the county does not, as you know, doesn't have a civilian review board, and both kind of expressed doubts about um, how that might uh, like would they actually do it? They both said kind of no that they like the system that they currently had. Um, I know that the city and the county do have a very good relationship, both generally and um, both police departments, but. Is there any, I guess, issue with that in, in terms of the city sort of moving forward with something that might be somewhat different from the city, uh, from the county? I know that, the, again, the police departments are different, um, but that you know, that could sort of change, um, you know, some, in some way that you might see. I think William Rowell has been involved a little bit in, in their process. Uh, he has some knowledge of it. You know, uh, they have an excellent police chief. Uh, Stuart Pittman is always uh, on, the, on the side of justice and, and right. Um, they have obviously a much bigger, uh, you know, it's not apples to apples. They have a much uh, bigger jurisdiction and they already have a lot of layers in place um, for them. But I know that the, it's always been sort of there on the back burner and it, it is a, something, there's something in, in motion. Um, I, I'm not up to date with it. Will might have a bit more knowledge. But. Yeah, I, I, I can say that um, per the mayor's comment, it's it's kind of tough to compare the two um, in terms of uh, the civilian review board or, or things of that nature. Number one, because of the county's um, breadth, like the actual size of the county and all the uh, extenuating um, variables. But I will say that in terms of the, the traction and the work that they've been doing around housing and other things, I know that our county executive, much like our mayor, is intent on fulfilling very, very meaningful things for um, for the citizens of Anne Arundel County and the city of Annapolis. So having said that, I know that they've had conversations and I know that there's, it's, it's, uh, it's again, this process, it isn't who does it first or who's, who's getting credit for using, for utilizing this name. It is the utility of actually doing it. And I know um, I can't speak for, for the county or the state or, or for our president, but I do know that right here, we are responding to what has been uh, elevated from from the citizens of Annapolis, and so so the mayor is responding to exactly that. Again, he will interface and continues to interface with our county executive and and the county police chief. We all have a, a great relationship with uh, Chief Altamara, but um, but remembering that he and we are responsible for ensuring um, that we have a safe uh, Annapolis uh, uh, right now. And, and one other question for, for Mayor Buckley. Um, the A couple of years ago, uh, Alderwoman Rhonda Pendell-Charles introduced a, a bill that is not this. It is similar. It's a sort of a police advisory bill that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but there were a lot of questions from the um, from the council about, you know, would the, would the board be subject to Open Meetings Act? know, how would they be chosen, things like that. I know that that probably will be decided down the line when legislation um, ideally is drafted, but I don't know, is that, is that, is that something that you s- sort of looked at as a, as a way to, to sort of try to avoid or um, an, I guess an example of, of how to not do this type of um, process? Um, well, uh, Alderman Pindell Charles is a head of public safety. She's, she's done a commendable job so far. Um, I'm sure 
uh, we're going to get the same questions as we move forward in this process from the council. Um, it is something that we're used to, and I think you know it's all about checks and balances. And um, I'm expecting uh, a similar situation, but I think that we're at a different point in America now um, um, when it comes to transparency and 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 um, uh, making sure that you're doing things right and that some of the old practices do not continue. And so I think that we have a city council that is sensitive to that. And so I'm sure that they will be very helpful on, on moving this forward. And we have to go to another um, protest now at City Dock. Um, if I could just wrap it up, is that okay? Any other questions? Well, really appreciate you guys giving us some time. Um, I wanna thank uh, Chief Jackson, William Rowell, and thank you for um, being here today. This has been an update from Eye on Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Twitter at ionanapolis. And be sure to subscribe to our daily news brief podcast, which is delivered every Monday through Friday to your phone or device at 7 a.m.